Hello and welcome back to episode 9. We are going to discuss the entirety that was the Masters week. What a week it has been. I am here as always with my co-host Gareth. How are we feeling today? Very, very tired. Yes, it was a very late finish for us here in the UK. (laughs) What was it? I think I went to bed at half one in the morning. Yeah, I was about three. (laughs) <laughs> you stayed up for all the interviews, did you? Everything, mate. Yeah. Oh, I just no. I got the buzz, and after what happened, happened. I just couldn't go to sleep. Just saw, watched everything. Done a bit of work for the podcast, obviously as well, as needed. And um, yeah, I'm fucked, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're here on Monday morning now, so we we made sure that we could uh, get the in- all of the footage in, take it in, soak it up, revel in my victory of my pick. And just, yeah, so we could do this review properly. Right, so I suppose we better start there then. Um, I won, you're <laughs> I was right, you were wrong, get it right up, yeah. Tom's pick was obviously the winner. Um, Vamos Rambo! My pick. He was at home comfortably watching it too? Yeah. That was... He was on a phone call, wasn't he? Oh, we'll come to that. <laughs> we will, don't worry, we'll fucking come to that. But yeah, uh, my pick, Marco Roy. I mean, I've said to you for years, right? And you were told, you told me I was being harsh about it. But I would say for the last sort of five years, I've said to you, Rory Marco Roy is the biggest letdown in golf. Letdown's such a hard way to describe it. Yeah. It's, it's a disappointment because obviously I think... Even as me, not the biggest McElroy fan in the world, I want to see him win the Grand Slam. I do want to see him do it because there's only ever been five to before that have done it. And yeah. in our generation, up until this point, from sort of when Tiger started having his issues and was unable to be on the course, Rory McElroy's been the, the best golfer in that period of time, yeah. collectively. There have been... Brooks, DJ, have all had their sort of moments where they've, they've dominated as well for short periods of time. But across the board, McElroy has been there. And again... If you put every golfer at their peak, fully healthy, it's always going to end up being a shootout between Tiger and Rory, more than likely. I think most people would accept that and admit yeah. to that and, yeah. and say that that's true. So, because we've got such a high, or the the game of golf has got such a respect and high opinion of Rory, when you don't see him perform well and certainly not make four days at a major, he's going to come in for heavy criticism. This week alone, he's due to heavy criticism because he did not help himself at all. No, <coughs> absolutely not. But like you say, we'll get onto that in more detail later yeah. on. I mean, I see a lot down, it is harsh. But you build up over these tournaments and you get to the first major of the year and everybody in the media, in the street... Yeah, but always, saying, every again, kind of because of 2011 and the, the massive fall that he had as soon as he made that turn onto 10... Everyone knows that, so they're, they're like, "Is this a course that he just cut? It should be a course that's built for him." It, it, when you look at Rory's game as a drawer of the ball, and the course is set up for that many draws, Ram even f- introduced a draw yeah. into his game because he's more naturally a fader. He doesn't like to draw the ball, but he's went and worked very hard at a draw so that he could for specific tee shots, mm-hmm. so that he could be more successful around there. Evidently, it worked. So the course has always been seen as a perfect golf course for Rory McIlroy so the, the problem is they're like everything's there for him to do it yeah but for whatever reason 
mental. He hasn't done it. And again, you're going to get the things come back out, and I don't really disagree with him. Mentally, I don't think he's got the right approach to it. He seemed calmer. He seemed more in control of himself mm-hmm. this, this week. He was coming in with great form after doing the driver change. His driving was a wee bit off. Yeah. So I don't know what went wrong there. Again, is that a mental n- nerves? These guys are human. They're allowed to be nervous. They're allowed to make mistakes. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't think he's got a caddy that's going to challenge him enough. But I don't think he wants a caddy that's going to challenge him. That's the thing. I mean, you've had that question for a few years now. The fact yeah. that his best friend, Harry, is the caddy. And it's nothing against the caddies that have no. caddied for Rory. No. I just... And I, again, I don't think... Is it a... Is there a sour taste in McRoy's mouth in terms of caddies from... Obviously, I can't remember the name of the guy that he'd had, but it was, he'd always been his caddy up until like 2011 when he yeah. got rid of him or yeah. in, in the couple of years thereafter because of what happened again on the back nine on in 2011 at the Masters where you'd have thought if we're big fans of Billy as a caddy, there are other other good caddies out there. Uh, Bones was so always... Bones, yeah. Yeah. Even... Uh, Jim Furyk's caddy, couldn't name him, but you always like to see the bird. But big moustache, yeah. aye. Yeah. So these guys, and even Steve that used to be Tiger's caddy Steve for Williams. many years, aye. Yeah. These guys would have grabbed a hold of him at that point and said, settle the fuck down. Let's get three wood off the next tee. Let's get a wedge in our hands, because we'd like a wedge in our hands, and let's hit the green and two par, par and we'll start again. Rory's never had that. He's not always needed it, because sometimes he's just that good that he'll play a game of golf and he's heads and head and shoulders above the rest. But when it comes to the pressure pot, that is a major. He just doesn't seem to have that sort of support in his corner. I mean, you look at the overall form for over like, a span of like, say five years. Or something like a. Billy. Oh, he's been underwhelming. Yeah, something like Billy. Like you see his approach that he's got with Barty. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick wouldn't have won a major on his own with another caddy. But, Bobby Foster, but Billy's a massive, <coughs> massive reason why he did. Yeah. 100%. Again, something we must have seen a lot more of in the full swing documentary, but we'll not go there again. Yeah, fingers um, crossed for season two. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we'll talk more about Rory and his... Best way to describe it, collapse. His decisions that he took yeah. during those two days. But what we'll start off with is basically... For us, the Masters probably started last week. Yeah, <laughs> like I think for most people it does because yeah. you had that period, like even the before the Sunday when we recorded the episode for the build up for this week. The only real competition that was on before it, obviously, you had the Valero mm-hmm. for the PGA. I not interested whatsoever. No. So I sat and watched three day of Live. Yeah, I watched some. Same. I watched the last. And I think Live yeah. probably got a lot of good coverage from it. Yeah, but then you saw Brooks play well. Guess Munoz as well. That was close, man. Yeah, but yeah. watch Brooks play well. And he looked hungry. Yeah. And coming into the Masters, that just gave me a little bit more excitement. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, this could be fun. And it did turn out to be that. Yeah. I think we've got to give big kudos to the committee at, at the Masters. Again, yet again, another very successful competition put on under some very tough conditions. Yeah. Jesus Christ. They had a lot of obstacles this week. <clears throat> I mean, that could have caused problems for us, recording as well. Well, well, yeah, we weren't sure it. if it was going to go into Monday, and then with working requirements, this could have been recorded on Friday yeah, <laughs> this week. Be, yeah, best best case scenario would have been a Friday or a Saturday release, which yeah. isn't ideal for us. We want to keep bringing you stuff 
the days that we promised and uh, thankfully after the finish last night. Yeah, so they put they put everything in place to deal with getting a Sunday finish, which realistically if you watched Thursday and you watched Sunday, <laughs> you'd have thought the competition went without a hitch yeah. because it was finished at the exact normal times. And in sunlight as well, which is always nice. But yeah, that that Saturday weather was just horrendous. Yeah. And then obviously Friday later on, you had the thunderstorms and everything else like that. And then the tree falling down. Three trees falling down. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and, and not just like snapping at and then keeping the root. The whole thing came up, turfed up the lot. Yeah. So thankfully yeah, no one was hurt as well, which that's is always what was a great like, thing. You see the footage, like the three trees come down at once crowd disperses and moves it away and you see one guy <laughs> they're just not fucking paying attention or thinking this is it it's my time now if I'm gonna <laughs> die where else is it I, I, what, I'm an old guy eh, I, there's no place no better place to go I'm gonna die at Augusta thank What's you very much what's he saying looking over saying no no let this guy live <laughs> three trees Seve just missed the guy Seve did an awful lot this weekend oh definitely man yeah he, he'll feature heavily this, this uh, episode as well yeah. but um so, I started for us say a week ago, but like sort of coverage wise and excitement's not the both. Yeah, you get the on the range coverage here at Sky. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna mention this now because it's been I I fig not that I figured it out, but I noticed this very early on. Yes. During the four days of golf. Yeah. Right of live coverage, take out the par three, the on the range Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Which golfer did you see the most on TV in this country? playing in the tournament see now you've asked the right question there yeah. not necessarily playing I didn't see him hit a single shot I don't recall watching him hit a single shot but I saw Tony Finau way too much this week because he was on the Sky Delta advert. partnership advert yeah. I saw him more in the advert than I did on the TV I think that's a shame because I like watching Tony Finau but he obviously wasn't playing well I think yeah, he finished, know, he finished level par no, but the I just found that funny that it was because he obviously is ahead for Delta's yeah. promos and stuff like that. Yeah. So all I saw of him was on the Delta, <laughs> on his <laughs> on his on his airplane, <laughs> telling him telling the story how his dad said we can't afford seven dollars every week, so we're gonna have to build our own driving range in the yeah. garage. Again, going back to the full swing episode there. Yeah. yeah. So no, I just thought it was funny. So that's good, not a good point actually. We didn't see a lot of him at all. No, I can't remember anything. I've torn it to be fair. No. Did you catch any of the drive, chip and putt? No, I missed that. No, I missed that. I saw a little bit of the highlights on late on Sunday. Yeah. But I think that's, again, it's another thing that is added to the feel of the Masters because they do so much within the game for the kids, yeah. 7 to 15-year-olds. So it's always good to, for them to get the little bit of light shine on them. And then you've got the on-the-range stuff, which just really starts to hype up the the adrenaline for the competition starting. And it was really good to see that Liv boys walked onto the driving range, PGA Tour players hugged them and welcomed them, apart from Patrick Reed, because no one does that. No one likes him. And quite lately, <laughs> no one fucking likes him. Um, <laughs> I do have to say, Elder Dozo, he had to be a bit of a tear yesterday on Sunday, and it was very nice to see him drop shots. You were shitting yourself. Yeah, I was. And it... As you like to call him Stealth Two Steve, yeah. Uh, our f- good friend from the Craig Knowles episode, Stephen Devine. He, he, I was messaging him throughout the the coverage on the last day, and obviously, 
Reed started making moves, and he told me if he gets anywhere fucking near that top board of leaderboard, I am throwing the remote through the TV. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll fuck up. He's not playing well enough at the moment. So yeah, I never mm. had any any doubts. And then he obviously bogeyed fourteen. I was like, there we go. That's yeah. him putting back in. Welcome the box. back, Mister Reed. Yeah, fucking prick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the part three tournament. No. Well, do you want to do the dinner beforehand? Oh. Well, from what we heard, it went without a hitch. It went without a hitch. There was no issues apart from it was obviously clearly noted that a certain Phil Mickelson was very muted and sort of kept himself off to the side. Didn't really want to interact. Um, Understandably, because he's like, out of all the ones that made the live move and even before the live move, he was getting a fair amount of dogs abuse yeah. for obviously how things he'd handled but he tried to come out and apologise and say the right things so but yeah I don't know if it's just a case of that might be an insight into how the world of golf in the that closed environment views Phil because obviously Rory was never shy of saying fuck off Phil although that came back to bite him <laughs> loved the memes fuck. on that one big time big time but yeah so yeah the, the Masters one went without a hitch even like Faldo when he was being interviewed about it said nah the only thing that was really spicy was the tortilla soup <laughs> which we still don't have any idea of what a tortilla soup is no, <clears throat> no I don't get any of those to be fair eh? well yeah, I think those guys in that room in the chef does but yeah again I was going to ask you later on but Faldo obviously joined Sky Sports this year for the main coverage yeah and, I didn't um, hate his coverage his, uh, sorry his commentary um Look, he's a three-time Masters winner. He's got a hell of an insight into that golf course and what it can do to you and how it plays and what the guys will be facing and looking at. So, yeah, I think that was good. Um, yeah, not much more I could say other than that. I think he, he was fine. Yeah, uh, It was great seeing Butch Harmon back. We're yes. going to talk about commentary. Yeah, as a call of online, I was like, oh, then that as well. Ah, I just love having Butch back on Sky TV. It's yeah. sorely missed. But it makes it, I think, more special now that he comes back for the Masters. Yeah. He kind of makes an appearance on the Open, depending on what his schedule's like. So it's good. And US Open and PGA is easier to get a hold of him because he's in the States. Yeah. Basically with Vegas, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm saying the excitement <clears throat> just kept building. The closer we got to Thursday, um, yeah. we've, I don't ever talk to as much in my life. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah the phones were fairly uh, hot. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So yeah, um, we got the par three competition on Wednesday. Went. I was again, like we we were just speaking before we started the recording here. It's again another one of those unique additions that falls within the Masters. That obviously it's not been on for the last four years because of either weather or COVID and things like that. But it, they got the better of the weather this week, so they were able to have it in full flow. And it's great to see the guys be able to relax get the family involved get partners involved and just have some fun before four very very intense days two for some (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have that dig all week but yeah it's watching bubba hit hole in one and then get to uh, like have some celebrations with his kids seeing seamus powers go Eight, eight and nine back-to-back yeah. hole-in-ones it was insane then 
you sort of mute the TV when Gary plays on the <laughs> on the course. He was getting one of the spectators shite about his weight. Mm-hmm. It's all about um, oh, sorry. He's all about um, like the, the, the undulation of the green. He might yeah. he might bring him on to level. He's out, like what? How old is he now? Is he in his nineties yet? Yeah, he's ninety. Yeah, yeah. ninety. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So fair play to him. Like he, he all these thousand setups that he's done in, in yeah, his we, life. We took the piss in another episode before on about can he's Mister Fitness and all the rest of them on, but he's no, ninety year old. It's, it's kept him where he yeah. is today because of it, and and that's fair enough. It's not the that he does it that I ever have an issue with or that he promotes it. It's the fact that it's literally the first thing out of his work. Like you could be an interview going, Hi Gary Player, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm amazing. I do a thousand setups a day and then sit and then get on the floor and proceed to do ten and then stand up and say, Smack me in the stomach, go on, hit it, feel how hard my and so yeah. And it's the same thing over and over again with him. Yeah. Like he did it even on the court like and it's great that he was trying to interact with the young kids and keep them sort of involved in the whole thing and the fun atmosphere, and then telling them right, put your hand over your arm over my neck, come under the ropes, and I'll lift you up and show you how strong I am at ninety and stuff like this. But he did it on like almost every second hole with a different child, and fair enough, got no issue with that. But it's the same trick every time. <laughs> but he's, a bit, he's he's become what? a bit of a showman now. Yeah. So. Oh, we. I'm saying we sort of not slaughtered them, but made a point that he does go on about the same shit. But the guy's won so much in the game of golf. He's got this personality that we all know. It's Gary Player, you know. What oh yeah, great. he's part of the Grand Slam yeah. group, so yeah, he's so. he kind of has the right to be able to do that. But it's just the same time, you know, when the Masters is coming round the corner, it's great. You're all excited, but in the back of it, you all know you know Gary Player's coming too. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so regarding the part three. Enjoyable watching, loved it. Always, all the families not getting involved. Um, caddies, mean their wives, girlfriends, kids, whatever. Was good. Very relaxed atmosphere as well for some of the players. Like you said, it's ideal for the start. They're going to go into. Yeah. One thing I will say. Previous episode, your main point was one thing you do not want to do. Is win the Masters. Is win. You don't want to win the par three. No, because it's, it's Tom, the cur. Tom Hoagie. He won. Six under. Was um, it six under? Seven. He won six under me, yeah. Yeah, six well, under. won by a shot. What happened Bub- to him? Bubba Watson just missed a putt on the ninth, the last hole, to tie him. I don't know what happened to Tom Hoagie because I didn't really pay any attention to what him. What happened to Watson? Well, Watson missed the cut and blew up. But Watson is at that point in his career where I think, I don't think he would have cared if he'd won the par three. I think he'd have fully enjoyed it and not worried about it. Oh, God, that means I'm not going to win the main tournament. I think he knows his golf game isn't there to do it. He's there as a past champion. He's there to in, enjoy the fact that he's there as a past champion. And it's not that he's retired from competitive golf, but I think he knows he's on the downturn on that. Yeah. So I don't think anyone really thought Tom uh, Tom Watson, Bubba Watson, <laughs> was going into it going, this guy's really going to contend this week. Whereas like Brooks... You always and DJ to an extent thinking as a recent past champion and still in control of his game to an effect, although he's not maybe so much right now. You're thinking if his A game turns up, he's gonna win. Yeah. And like Brooks and like Brooks showed, his game was good enough until his putter went very very cold on sand on Sunday that he was able to win that competition. Bubba Watson wasn't wasn't in that sort of discussion, and I don't think Tom Hoagie was either. No, he won the part three and he missed the cut as well. So, yeah. 
So the curse, the curse continues and yeah. lives on. Flame was fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Hoggy won it by a shot, like you said, to Watson. Uh, you called him it, to be fair. So, Thursday arrived. Um, like a kid in a candy shop. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was heading home from work from Edinburgh. And stupidly, I'll, I'll take the kick in the balls for this, to be honest with you. But it's the Masters. I had a two hour drive. I put my phone on. On the radio? You put it on the Masters app radio that they have there so that you could hear the coverage, didn't you? Yes, um, but I just could not have the either on the Masters app or via Sky Sports or whatever, man. It was just, I could not watch it. I wasn't there. Um, I just I'd, couldn't wait to get home. I didn't have that luxury. I didn't see the start of the competition either because I was working, but I had the Masters app on and all the notifications. But obviously, I, I work on the, the trains here in Scotland, um, so I was dealing with my passengers, doing my duties. Um, so, I, but whenever I had a five minute spell between stations and having finished all my ins and outs of my job, yeah, I was glued to the leaderboard to see who was doing what and at what level. And I was horrified for about forty minutes because Patrick Reed was at the top of the leaderboard. Just give me the book. <laughs> Well, could have been worse, could have been Patrick or even Keegan Bradley, and then I really would have been well, kicking off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a player that made a very good start, Victor Hovland. Very good start, yeah. He was on fire in that very sexy top that he was wearing on Thursday. Really got a shirt, yeah? I do. Yeah. I would wear that. You yeah, know you, I would. Yeah, you would. Actually, you've got a shirt like that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was smart. Um, his start was like right with the traps. He got the second. Lightning, he just was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he went out. Well, there has to be a shout as well for Adrian Moronk. He yes. started very well. The, yeah, the Polish yeah. boy as well. Unfortunately, just couldn't couldn't maintain the levels. But yeah, Hovi was just on just one. Sleeping on it. Just on one. Ball striking was immense. Yeah, I look at his swing as well. It's wild, eh? It does look a little bit uncontrolled, yeah. but clearly it's not. It's controlled because he was well, even from like top of the back swing to then fall through and then the the finish. Of that There's a very aggressive fuck. movement that you do wonder <laughs> yeah. that yes, at a young age, just now and very supple and yeah. as an athlete, you'll maintain it for a while. But you got to wonder at what point does that start taking its toll on the body? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it didn't work out from in the end, um, but again. Top ten finish for them, yeah. The Masters. I think that maybe the. I think that's a. It's he had a, a good performance. Was it at Sawgrass or was it one of the competitions in between there? It was either between Riv and Sawgrass or at Sawgrass. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he AP, had a good week where AP you thought invitation? possibly yeah. Palmer, yeah, yeah. So you you, you thought oh okay maybe. Maybe Victor's trending in there, and then he kind of went quiet again. Mm. And uh, obviously, came out of the traps on Thursday. It was great. I think he is a future major winner. I think he's he's definitely oh, yeah. got the game. I think obviously he's got maybe slight issues in the short game area when it comes to wedges. But his his scrambling this week was really really good. Some of the par putts that he hold from outside ten feet 
were so impressive, especially yeah. on those greens. So yeah, I mean the part of it cold, obviously, yes, the another start. But I mean, for a guy as inexperienced as, as Hovland at Augusta, do you think though the weather delays and suspension of playing that sort of? Well, you would say that is potentially there as an excuse or as a a distraction. Because he went back out he, in the passion. He man. performed bloody well in those di- in those conditions. He shot a seventy that in the third round. So he put himself in the contention, into the conversation to get to eight under in the worst conditions. Yeah, but I'm seeing that in regard to like the the stopping and starting, stopping and starting, and stuff like that. They all had to deal with it, so. Yeah. It wasn't like it was like let's let's be fair. Brooks Kepka got the best of the draw in the first two days. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And obviously Hovland and Ram went out early Thursday, blew the course apart, mm. and then Friday came round and they got the worst of the conditions and had to deal with the lightning, so they had to stop, start, stop, start. Brooks was in and out by that point. So it was only those guys who went out really early on Friday that got kind of away from that start of the delays, and then everyone. But I think the majority of the field had to deal with it. So you can use it as an excuse, or you can just say, "Fuck it, everyone's dealing with this. I'll just focus on myself and carry on." These guys have got enough folk around them in their teams to keep them focused. Hopefully, so I don't think any one of them would want to use it as an excuse. No, well, one might. Um, well, yeah, anyway. <coughs> <laughs> Yeah, card of the 65. Yeah. Day one. I mean, for. What's it? Was his fourth appearance at the Masters? Possibly, yeah. And. I mean, going out seven under. First round, can't fucking run with that. Nope. Um, but yeah, one guy. Wait, are we going on to him now, or are we going to stay with the other person who shot 65 that day? You t- take take it away with that, but yeah, he needs to be mentioned because it's quite. I shat myself on day one after the first hole. Yeah, Ram hits the green in two and fourth putts. I think, oh no, don't have lost the flat stick this week of all weeks, please God no. And then he just went, as he has said in a previous interview, which my wife has delightfully found today because the PGA Tour have re- reposted it and put it out there for all those fen- fans who uh, watched Ted Lasso he literally pulled out the Ted Lasso speech of goldfish goldfish <laughs> what's the, what's the happiest animal on the planet goldfish why because it's got a 10 second memory be a goldfish yeah. and Ram did it and obviously he quoted as well his, his hero Sevi Ballesteros I miss I miss I miss I hole so yeah it happens you deal with it and it was the first sort of telltale sign that, yeah, his biggest weakness is always his temper and his ability to not let go of certain bad shots or unfortunate circumstances. He gave the best indicator right there and then that, no, he was in control of it. He's harnessed the fire. He's contained it, but not lost. Mm. It's positive effect on him. And then just went and birdied nine. Well, one eagle and seven birdies for the rest of the round. Yeah. What a way to start there. Ah. What a way to start your tournament, man. But yeah, again, like you said, card 65, uh, joined, obviously, Holland and also and Brooks. Brooksy, Brooksy just played him. really fucking yeah. well that day. He looked awesome. Tee to green, his swing was just epic. He looked very much like a 2017 to 2019 Brooks yeah. Kepka. He was I mean, solid. <clears throat> that putter was awesome. I've seen one interview 
Augusta for Brooks. He's been asked again about what his chance is going to be. And you see that drive back, that confidence in himself, as, as well as back as well. I mean, that just serious single mindedness. Yeah, the way it should be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's healthier, knee looks to be in a lot better place than what it was. Knees. <laughs> Knees, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the thing, I mean, you look at these guys, and the size of Brooks, like, physically, he's a big guy, like, yeah. And, like, there's sort of, I imagine there's, like, resume, if you like, but fitness is quite intense. It's going to take us toll. I mean, you look at, look at Tiger Woods and look at him. Look at Bryson. Look at Bryson as well. Bryson did yeah. that massive uplift in weight, and then the swing speed came up, and he was fine for a few years, but there was always that thing that was going to be told to him, and he thought he could always n- avoid it from happening. But you get one injury when you're that intense on your body, and it just avalanches down. Yeah. One issue becomes two, becomes three, becomes four. In Tiger's case, becomes 95. <laughs> Fuck. So, and he's now lost a bit of weight, changed his diet so that he can be healthy again, and now start trying to find his golf swing. So... Has he filmed it? Not this week, he didn't. <laughs> but even on Liff, he's not been performing at the minute, eh? No, but again, he's been going through all these, and like he spoke in his pre-tournament interview, he lost his father last year, so there was a lot going on in the background for him, plus he had all the injuries, and he was then trying to find out how to get back to his best. So he had a big character learning curve last year. Um, he's, I think he's through the character learning part of it, he's just got to find the golf swing now that's going to be more consistent for him but he did say like like, like he said the, the week beforehand in the live comp his game was trending in the right direction it wasn't making massive leaps but he was he could see the positives and mm. I think it was there to be seen so oh, he was going there but he'll he'll get it tight because of obviously the par 67 comment that he always oh, yes, lives to regret so on flight, yeah. but he again in that in, same interview he said I'm not going to hide away from it I didn't word it correctly I shouldn't have said it that way and I got duly ridiculed for it but he was going with a confident attitude that if his game was as good as he thought it was at the time that par 67 or shooting four days of 67 was achievable for him so if he'd left out the word par Hmm. I think he would have been okay it would have been seen as arrogant and then probably would have got laughed at for your arrogance didn't turn out to but he wouldn't got as ridiculed as much because he wouldn't have been disrespected. It seemed to be disrespecting the golf course as, as everyone thought he was. But yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk about this one. Um, so so yeah. obviously the three of the boys were at the top there at par, uh, 65, 7 under par, all playing great golf, all looking really hungry for it. I mean, Cameron Young, he went 3 under 3. Yeah, three holes, he didn't go 4. No, that was... Right, let's get on to the young lad. Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett, man. He went four for oh, four. shit. And what a week he had. A very, very justified <clears throat> amateur winner of the silver medal. I mean, the first one to make the cut since 2020, I think the, it was. The only one to make the cut of the amateurs. Yeah, but the first yeah. one in that time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was unbelievable. After two days to be eight under, two shots behind the leaders, what a... Because at that point, I put out on our social media the post of Jay Monaghan would be Sam Bennett's biggest yep. biggest fan and supporter at that point in time because it question was for you. it was live amateur then PGA question for you right Sam Bennett I think today 
he's away to go and play a fitness his whole competition. Yeah, turned up at school for congratulations <clears throat> with his golf bag, and he's now got to carry his bag carry for 36 bag, yeah. holes. Who, I mean, obviously he's going to go pro, right? Yeah. There's no question about that. My question to you is, are Live Golf sneaky enough to make a move for this guy? I think they will. I don't think they'd be. I think they'd be stupid not to try and go and get him because they have gone and got very promising amateurs before. Yeah. I think one of them's on Garcia's team, is he not? Yeah. Yeah. There's one on. But I don't well. think Bennett will take up the offer because this week alone has showed him he played with at the time world number one Scotty Scheffler for two days and at outperformed time, yeah. him. Yeah. Then on round three. He played with the now world number one, John Ram, and four-time major winner, Brooks Kepka. And okay, maybe didn't look like he handled it as well as he would have hoped, because he obviously went backwards a little bit, but that was probably more down to the weather conditions than anything. And then on day four, Morikawa. played with two-time major champion, Morikawa, and performed very, very well at one of the biggest stages in golf. Mm. I think he'll want to play the BGA Tour. I think he'll be hungry for that to start with. Not to say he may not go to live in the future. Mm-hmm. That's up to him. But I think he'll stay in the PGA. Yeah, I can be daft for love not to make an approach to him, to be fair. He just, he just played so well. I mean... The putter let him down in round three and four. He started yeah. leaving some putts short that you were like, that's just... That's amateur level short where you're you're leaving yourself an eight foot of a par where really you want to be leaving yourself no more than two foot. From where you, from the distances he was, and from the the way he was playing in rounds yeah. one and two, yeah. But no, he needs nothing but congratulatory. Oh, fuck, that's terrible English. He needs nothing but applauds. I'll go with that one. My English it's is even shocking. English. <laughs> I'm the one that's knocking to him. Holy shit! I, I, I'm the one with dyslexia. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. So he he, he performed very well. We'll definitely see him again. I think um, he's getting hyped up a lot. Of them and obviously, I mean. Quite rightly, I mean, yeah, he's trendy at the moment. Yeah, he's trending, like you said, man. Um, I think that being the first one to make the cost since twenty twenty, the only one out of the was it six of them, six amateurs. Yeah, six or seven. I mean, I he blew. He blew them away. away by eight shots. He finished two under. I think the next one was five over. Plus five, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was after two days. He went on for another two days and still stayed yeah. under par. So getting contention. On the Friday and Saturday and that as well. I mean, Sunday, right, fair enough. Sunday the Masters for an amateur. Well, just look at the applaud that he got from yeah. the... The applause, sorry, that he got from the patrons coming up 18 and then walking off 18. The emotion just came out, didn't it? They yeah. adopted him that week. He no, was yeah. one of their own. He was fully supported by the patrons. They loved Even him. Even the players. I mean, Scottish Sheffield made a comment. I think he, I think he came out after day two being eight under par, mm. four... four but yeah, four shots behind uh, Brooks. Do you think you can win this? And it wasn't a, I'm going to win this. Yes, I think I can. And that was enough to say that, yep, he's got the confidence to try and not back down and he's going to give it a go, but he's humble enough to know that where he is. Yeah. And obviously his backstory really helps. His father dying on from Alzheimer's and he's got his father's last written words tattooed on his arm. Don't wait to do something. Pops. So, yeah, everything was there for you to like him. Yeah, yeah. and it, I think it was hard not to. Yeah, it was 
good to watch. I mean, obviously, in the uh, the cabin last night, getting a silver medal on that. He held, just, he held himself really well. He really did. Because that's a nervous act, like, yeah. talking in front of camera. That's got to be nerve-wracking. Yeah. Oh, and you're sat beside John Ram, Scotty Scheffler, world number one and two. <laughs> both both now got green jackets. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's he handled himself yeah, really well. Good. He was nothing yeah. but class. I mean, we'll, we'll see him again. Whether PGA Tour or live, but yeah. Right, um, before we come on to the the big obvious thing, um, major for Adam Scott, day one. Even to an extent, day two, he's, he sort of rolled back the years. He looked great. Steady for nine. Basically uh, done well Saturday yeah. and uh, Friday as well. Sorry, Sepp Strucker on day one made five bodies in a row. Made a hole in one in a practice day on the 12 as well. Yeah. Um, well, he went 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Birdie. So they went for him. Hang on, he's been mentioned because he was playing some really good golf at the time. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that'll go down on his resume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, we can't have an episode of the TNG Golf Cast without mentioning him on Tiger Woods. Day one, my opinion, he was not getting length of the tee. I don't know. You I think, with that. I think his, his tee shots were still fine on day one and two. It was well, just when, when the is... weather when the weather came in. But the thing is, Augusta doesn't require you to have length. Like you can still be shorter off the tee and still score well on that course. So, well, yeah, I mean, in comparison to his playing partners at the time, where you see, yeah, the so. but Tiger, yeah, but Tiger's on half a leg. I know. I'm just, I'm just for fuck's sake. I'm not talking just, the guy. No, I know, I know, I know. It's just I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring a bit of reality to it here when it comes. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. To me, I mean, we said the other doors. He does not look right. We don't expect him to look right, but obviously, it got worse as the weekend went on. That, but yeah, your just, your comment on Saturday would have been. Or was it Friday night? I said, I said on. In from round two to round three, because I I thought he'd missed the cut. I and I've said that to I said it to a few people. I genuinely thought he'd missed the cut because yeah. he obviously finished bogey bogey and finished three over, and the projected cut at the time was still two over. Mm. So I was I was working, and then I obviously just I was just finishing up work, and in that process of me finishing up, getting to the car, getting home, and t- switching it back on again, they were talking about Tiger was going to be teeing up, and he was on the driving range hitting shots. I was like. Why the fuck's Tiger hitting shots? Is it? I know that most players, if they've had a bad round or they don't like something, they go to the range to try and fix something. I was like, but in that condition, that's not the day to do it. And then it was, he's got a one a six minute past one tee time. I was like, How the fuck is Tiger here? Yeah. He missed the cut. And then it turned out that I looked back at the leaderboard and round the end of round two and realised that Justin Thomas did him an unfortunate favour, hit a bogey and then put him back into it. I think it would have been better for Tiger that he missed the cut, just for his body, because that I think it would have maybe hurt his pride more so on Sunday having to withdraw than making the cut and playing the two day. Like, yeah, the food I think it, I think he could have handled missing the cut more than having to withdraw, yeah. just with his mental mentality, the way he he likes to play the game. I will say I was terrified for him on Thursday as well. Coming up 18, hitting that tee shot, having to stand in the bunker, one leg in, one leg out, and his bad leg being the one in the sand to hit the shot up, the second shot up 18. I just, 
I was begging for him just to hit a five line 30 yards to his right just to get away from the bunker yeah. play safe just take a bogey don't hurt yourself don't don't let this be the last shot we ever see of him I was horrified I thought oh god he's gonna hurt himself please don't do it and then he pulled off a miraculous shot and hopped three four times in the bunker on his good foot to save himself but I could have just that could have just gone so badly yeah. wrong yeah I mean the footage on uh, the end of him too like just yeah, watching him walk up hills he was just you could see the limp was just there so yeah. as I said to you before or before we start recording Tiger needs four good weather days at Augusta to be able to play four days of golf hmm. he needs a bit of heat the more the merrier for him because it will stop his back from season and he needs no rain whatsoever and very limited wind because four days of just walking that golf course will beat his body up no end I think that's clear for all to see so once the weather dropped to the cold cold temperatures that it got on the Saturday and towards the end of Friday it only it only sort of left you thinking this isn't going to go well for Tiger so I did I felt sorry for him in that sense but his mentality is there he's he's always going to play the Masters because he loves the place it, yeah. it means so much to him he's always what five jackets the man knows the golf course inside out and again Tiger's greatest mental strength is I've he's going to be able to say it himself but I've done it before his worst attribute is the fact that he can turn around and say but I've done it before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because that will go, that will push him past his limitations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, All right, we can't go off it anymore. How did Rory McIlroy get on? Jesus fucking Christ, man! Um, slow start, bogey the third, double the seventh. Um, hit an awesome tee shot on nine. He did. Let's not get past the tee shot on nine. <laughs> he had a fantastic phone call with Trevor Immelman to discuss his tee shot on nine. See, when you see the earpiece going in, what were your thoughts? What the fuck is this numpty doing? Or, I fucking hope there's not a serious issue at home. Well, that came to mind for me. There's something up here. I really hope yeah. that there's not an issue at home with the wife and kid. But? But you then hear Trevor and woman talking over the TV, and then you can hear Rory talking on the TV, and you go, What? <laughs> The man who could potentially be the first player to join the Grand Slam team of five to make it a team of six in, what, 23 years, 22 years, whatever it was since Tiger joined it, is taking a fucking phone call interview on the golf course. now That he volunteered I, for. That he volunteered for, it must be said. Well, I will take no nothing away from... The guys who wanted to, who put it in place and wanted it to happen, because it is a fantastic insight for the amateur, for the, the viewer yeah. to see what goes through the mind of these guys when they are approaching shots. My issue is Rory McIlroy doing it with everything that's on the line. Do it in a PGA Tour event, fine. Don't yeah. care. It's you want to win it, yeah, that's great. But if you don't, okay, you move on to next week. It's the first major of the year. It's the last major you need for the Grand Slam. 
why the fuck are you allowing your focus to go elsewhere other than on the golf course? Would Jack do it? No. Would Tiger do it? No. Would Player do it? Yeah. Yeah, he'd probably do every fucking hole, every shot. But maybe, but, but at the peak of his golf, winning a trying to win a competition, I actually don't think he would. Would John Ram Brooksy have done it this week? No. Would even Victor Hovland have done it? I don't think so. When you talk about the mental focus these golf players have got, right, and how single-minded they are, like they've got the ambition, they've got the drive, they've got this and that. Rory McIlroy could have made history. He could have completed the grand And he slam. is the legacy man of golf. He wants to yes. be the, the legacy of golf. That's the, what his whole thing is about. His career is about creating a legacy in this game. The shining light of the PGA Tour. And he volunteers to give a shot-by-shot rundown. What I think what then even stuck about it even more so for me was he spoke about, oh, I've got 125 yards left. That's great. I've got the shot in the bag. It's just a wedge. And then failed to execute the shot. It was online, but it was never up because it didn't get the top tier and rolled back down. And he left himself, what, 25, 30-foot putt for birdie? Missed that. How'd he get on with his pop up? Jesus Christ. Now, one of the things that I've said to you years ago, regarding Rory being the biggest lockdown in golf, blah, 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 his putting back then was terrible. Mm-hmm. His putting is vastly improved at the moment. Yeah, but this week, mate. The two no. clubs that he's been complaining about the most God. came back to bite him. His driving was poor, his putting was not at his best. By his standard. Where is bogey on the card? Yeah, I th- like in c- if you put it in comparison to John Ram, John Ram's driving this week was outstanding. Yes, he missed a couple, more so on round three in the bad weather. There was a few got away from him where he had to shout for. He only hit one, and I'm not even going to say it's a bad drive. It was a poor drive down the second. But it was still long enough that it carried the bunker and then ended up in the pine straw. Now, he got lucky with the lie and he got lucky that there wasn't a tree in front of him. But he was still able to get to the green from there. Thereafter, his driving was just so solid. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at Rory, you always talk about his driving because it's his biggest asset. But he was just not there. And I don't agree with the unnecessary distraction that that interview caused him. I just I don't see why you do it. I think you're gonna look back after this weekend. No, he's not performed. Yep. And he might. It's another, think to himself, it's another chance missed, and now yeah. he's gonna have to go ten years since. That's like ten years. Well, he still he still got obviously other majors this year that he can contend for, so he might still break that nine year without a major. But the Masters is special. Right? Ten years before he can get the Masters. Scary, scary. But this is the choices that he's made. He's got love for them. Um, it's really easy as as a, a an an average average amateur to sit here and criticise him, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but, but no, I just, I, I just know for a fact. Like, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't like. I compare it to like Tiger specifically at his peak. There is no Tiger wouldn't even speak to fans. No, I I barely thought he would probably talk to his caddy. 
Like, Tiger was just so, I'm in the zone, that's it. You do not see me now. So, I just, I, and there'll be people that didn't mind the interview because they'll like the insight and everything like that. And like I said, it was a very good insight. But do it on one of the practice rounds. Yeah. Get the camera out with him. Follow him down. Have Payment a full-on conversation. Payment up close, man. And then show that footage after he's hit his tee shot on nine. Oh, by the way, we caught up with him on Tuesday and this is what he had to say. Do it there and then. Not in competition. And I know that the precedent's been set because they do it in the PGA Tour. They do it on the DP World Tour where they do on-course interviews and stuff like that. But not so much at the shot. Mm. They've maybe done on the PGA Tour. I think that was mentioned, but PJ Tour event against a major there's a different level there's a different expectation and a different pressure I just don't touch it and then to fail hitting the shot you were trying to hit yeah yeah yeah. yeah they, I didn't laugh at that man. I didn't find it funny I just <laughs> we, were, we were talking to each other in just utter rage yeah it was just pure rage at that point eh? I mean I overthought maybe but like we I mean obviously I backed them to win that went tits up <laughs> but yeah it was just I sort of show what was to come for the rest of the weekend they didn't make well I, I said it and I said it to a few guys at work that follow the guy, the game and that we talk I said after that I, I hope he misses a cup and I got my I got my wish yeah it's true man so yeah um, Friday came along and we well were meant to see Sandy Lyle finishes last ever round at Augusta he's on the green he's on the 18th green well, he, was just, he was just off but yeah he was at the pin he was pin high yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll give you that yeah. nah unfortunately and I look, you and I have the same stance I think it would have been nice if the committee could have just held off for two minutes let him have his two parts have his bow have his moment with the fans and then hit the klaxon because it was thunder and lightning but unfortunately when it's thunder and lightning their policy has always been at the first sign of it they take action because it's the safety of the fans who so are there, who are there, who are there in their in their thousands, and the safety of the players and all staff involved as well. So it was just an unfortunate. But the, I think maybe the, the smaller sour point was that they were able to stand at the green, debate it, and wait for an official to get word from higher up officials to say no, you can't do it. They could have just done it in that time, yeah. but yeah. he wasn't going to do it, so he gets got a DQ. And rightly so. You don't want to finish on a DQ. So yeah, we didn't get to see Sandy finish on Friday as traditionally should have happened. What a legend. What an absolute legend. He won the nineteen eighty eight Masters, obviously. Um forty second appearance. Mm-hmm. At the Masters, yeah. Obviously been his final one as well. Legend for Scotland. Yeah. He beat uh Kalkovecchio by a one. That bunker shot. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> you see some great shots of that course, mate, but that was one of the best ones going there. Definitely. Yeah, we actually spoke about great moments in in the game last week, and we didn't mention that. I oh, know that's a bit shocking, but yeah, Sunday finished Augusta uh, plus twenty for two days. I mean, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, nah, at that doesn't point, matter. these guys going, you go to watch the nostalgia of seeing the guys yeah. from the past work win. Um, I mean, I Larry, Larry Mize would have been the same. Yeah, the only one out with that sort of category that he's younger than these guys that's still doing well and able to sort of perform at Augusta is couples what are we here <laughs> Freddie Couples seems to always roll back the years when it comes he, he knows he's not long enough and to to compete with the, the modern day golfers but you can still again because of the the, the non-necessity for super length at Augusta 
he can still get it around there that he can make the cut. Bernard Langer used to do it for a couple of years yeah. as well, where yeah. they'd make the cut and then they'd stay in the top half of the of the cut leaderboard and then maybe fade off towards the end of Sunday. But yeah, big kudos to couples. Again, him and then Tiger making the cut meant that they then held the, the new record for 23 consecutive cuts made. Well, not consecutive, but cuts made at yeah. the at Augusta. So yeah, another another record for Tiger. But yeah, Still no. Going better. back to Freddie Couples, he had a great week. Whether you're a fan of him or not, I think over across in the states, obviously he's beloved. Still love him. I think he's he's a legend, man. Absolute legend. Um, yeah. <laughs> Round two, Rory doing Rory things. <laughs> um, finish what is it? Over. Three things in life are uh, guaranteed. Death, death, taxes, taxes, and McElroy not making, not winning the Masters. <laughs> Find him one. Uh, a a tradition like no other. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the shocker. Obviously, we know now they missed the cut. Um, Kepka get the momentum going. Mm-hmm. Shot bogey free, five under six. But seven. again, he got very, very lucky with that extra half an hour early tea time start. Yeah. Meant that he got none of the shit weather on Friday. So. So down though again. Oh yeah, no. Like yeah. you can only play with what's put in front of you, and, and he he definitely bossed it those first two days. Bennett went out again, another four under round to get himself to eight under. He was looking so solid, playing really, really well. So yeah, it was great to see. Friday was sort of, I think we've not really touched on Scheffler. Scheffler on day one, he finished about four or five under. Mm. The putts he missed for birdies, he could have quite comfortably been nine or ten under on day one. He missed a fair few chances. And then on day two, he seemed to go a bit backwards. Because yeah. I think he finished at two under or something like that. But you've seen the frustration finally coming out with this guy, yeah? Normally he's nice, calm, cool, collected. Even if it doesn't go his way, he's yeah. sort of that happy-go-lucky guy. But this week on the gains, you've seen the frustration shining through big time, eh? Yeah. Looking to the caddy, Ted, the anger in his eyes, I mean, the mistakes he's making. He knows that he's better than that, but it's golf. It's, yeah. it's the Augusta. Like, golf is the ultimate test of an individual's willpower, mental strength, yeah. and just relentless <laughs> pursuit of perfection that can't be attained yeah. it will beat you the fuck up and it will always win yeah. you'll get a few victories in the war but it will win the war yeah. and what won especially when the round two at the end of that was the suspension due to play like we talked about the weather came yeah. in when it was about 9pm our time so it would have been about what back of four maybe yeah. The yeah so four obviously the there wasn't a lot of coverage on it. I think they only got what six holes in. Yeah. For the yeah, because it was Ram. Who was Ram? Who did Ram play with day one and two? Justin Thomas and Cameron Young. Yeah. Yeah, they were on. I think they were on the sixth hole. So and then the Clarkson went, and that was it. So. That was no, days, that, that was play suspended, and then again they came out Saturday and tried to try and squeeze that round in quickly as possible. And the rain decided to go. No, fuck you. Watch this get waterlogged. <laughs> Even a golf course <laughs> as prestigious as Augusta, with the equipment and the technology that they have, couldn't contain that rainfall. No, no, it just kept coming down the yeah. wind. What I did like 
and we've both commented on it even the wife commented on it once they're on day three once they got stopped Brooks and, Ro- and Ram stayed around to talk with the fans have a bit of to thank them for coming out in the horrendous weather that it was yeah. to to support them and spend a bit of time with them which was really nice to see especially in Brooks because of them that beforehand he would never interact with the fans at all I mean he's gone through his bad parts he's come back into it but you've seen them like like you said interacting having a laugh yeah one of the fans get, get, off getting off offered a beer <laughs> and, thinking, and genuinely taking a, a yeah. good hot second to think about I could take that I'm not going to play for the rest of the day yeah <laughs> But maybe but not yeah. for the camera persona. Yeah, it was the, good. The oh, I like that because we know. I'm sure their PR team at that point were like, "Thank fuck." <laughs> Getting sponsorships through the door now. Ram not allowed to play golf. Goes straight to the alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was nice to see it. Yeah. I mean, again, we know how intense these guys are, and lucky fans, lucky few that were there. They had to be chatting that fist pumping with Brooks Kepka. You never ever thought you'd see something like that before in your life, but yeah, you expect it from like your Spiefs and your Ricky Fowlers and stuff like that. They've all they've been well trained to be yeah. the 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 PR dream when it comes to how they interact with the fans. Not that they don't genuinely mean it, but they're always there signing the autographs and everything mm-hmm. like that after rounds. So it's always good. But it was always good in that sort of that setting. It was probably the closest the fans get to these players at Augusta because they can be kept quite far back with the ropes mm. it's it's quite secluded for the players which I think yeah. they like that as well but yeah no so it wasn't really much to talk about on Saturday other than a tree falling or trees falling and thankfully no one was hurt yeah. again but yeah it kind of just petered out you saw it it was, a, it was a struggle it was brutal the rain was just relentless they were countless countless amount of yeah yeah, direction didn't help they were what four or five layers on because it was cold as well you looked at tiger he just didn't he just didn't look like he wanted to be there in that so and obviously play didn't go on for long and then we jumped to sunday to finish it off which you still thought that they were going to struggle to finish off the the competition yeah. going after day three after Saturday. You mentioned the format they used at the Masters to get the yeah. The, like again, we the start, towards the start of this, we pay tribute to the committee and their actions that they took and how they managed to make this event finish on Sunday. But jumping straight to going out in three balls on on a Saturday, which traditionally is always two balls yeah. <clears throat> after the cut, and then doing a two tee start. These things are all there to be to be used because it's an advantage and they didn't hesitate to do it Mm. because they did not want to finish on Monday and then again on on the fourth round on the Sunday jumping down to two balls but keeping the two tee start yeah great decision making and it paid dividends because it finished off what was a great another great Masters yeah that was unreal so the Sunday third round resumption Tiger Woods like we said injury was starting to come through didn't want to be there he then withdrew yep from the tournament I think it was the right choice it's only a matter of time was it I mean I said to you I just think it would have hurt his pride like I said earlier I think that's the only thing he had to consider was battling his own pride yeah well it comes to that my next question but actually yes the is it maybe time I think I think he'll play at least two more majors this year I think open. Hmm? One will be the open. Yeah, PGA in the open. Yeah. You won't go anywhere near the US Open, will you? I don't know. I think he'll 
it'll all base on how he performs at the PGA because that's the next one up yeah. on the 18th of May. Then how quickly is well the PGA actually is possibly in jeopardy because obviously he went out with an injury. Or I think we all know what the injury was. It's just the injury is flared up that it's too much for him to handle the pain level. It depends on if they can get his body ready for the PGA. He might actually have to skip the PGA. He may only play one open, uh, one major this year, being the Open. But then again, that means traveling over here and everything else like that. Because, like the guys were saying in Sky, it, when he's got an early tea time, so if he's off at like six, seven o'clock in the morning, their time or wherever it is that they are, his team that get him ready to get his body supple enough, warmed up enough, ready to to even hit golf shots. They're getting him up at like three in the morning to get him ready for this. So he's not getting much time to to sleep and recuperate in tournament play unless he's like, obviously if he's super early on the Thursday, then he's super yep. late on the Friday and you might get that time in between where it's almost like a day in itself. But it's just such a huge process now for him to be able to be ready for golf. So if he's recovered in time, he'll play the PGA because it's a major and he'll not want to not be there. The US Open, I think he'll go and look at the course the week before and he'll look at how tough are you making it this this year. If it's too tough for me with a missed tee shots off the fairway, I'm not coming. I mean, what, how much do you know about the fairway country club? I don't know much. I don't know anything about the course. I don't know the course no. design. I know US Opens. Yeah, it's going to be fucking hard. They like to make <laughs> fairways narrow. They like to make rough high. They like to make bunkers tough. They like to make greens firm, fast. Everything that a fit Tiger Woods in peak condition can deal with not now no, no so true. the US Open is the only one that I've got a doubt about PGA is a slight doubt just depending on how quickly his body recovers from this so because he's got what seven weeks six seven weeks before it comes around so time will tell the Open, I think if he doesn't play PJ and he doesn't play the US Open, he's definitely playing the Open, but I think he'll be playing the Open anyway. Yeah. Personally. We'll, we'll have to wait and see him. That was not good viewing if you're a Tiger fan, to be fair. In terms of thereafter this year, I think he's already reduced his schedule to what he thinks is is the, the least amount of golf that he's willing to play anyway. I don't think he's going to go any less than this. And I think after this year's majors, after the Open he might then sit down and have that conversation about whether or not he's going to continue on. He might just say that, that now's time and potentially maybe come to every second Masters. I don't know. Do you talk me still still a possibility? No, nah, he'll never play that. I don't think he will. I don't think it's probably... Like he, he, he joked about saying that if he, was on the, if he was on the Champions Tour, he would take a buggy and stuff like this. Because Jock's convinced that he will. I don't think his body's going to get him to 50 no. to play golf. Not competitively. I think he'll be able to play golf with his son after at 50 and, and maybe past, but it'll be like around every three to to six months. I don't... I just don't see... If he keeps going at this level now, at this point, it's every time... It's like they say, when a cheetah runs full pelt, it's damaging its back legs for the sheer like power that it uses to create those speeds so every time it does it it's hurting itself a little bit at the same time tiger's the same now but it's just a bigger effect 
every time he tees it up, he's hurting himself down the line. So I don't know. I don't think he'll ever play the, ch the Champions Tour. So, getting back to the Masters. Round four kicked off. Oof. The best of the PGA versus the best of live. It was just everything a Sunday at Augusta Masters is. Yeah. I mean, again... They got the blessing of the weather. It might not have been warm, but well, they got warm started, eventually. It got warm yeah. eventually because yeah. obviously they were in t-shirts by the end of the game. But yeah, it was just the anticipation of what's going to happen. Is someone going to blitz it from behind? Are the two at the top going to collapse, or are they going to be so focused on each other that they don't make birdies? And then again, the idea that a, a Jordan Spieth comes from absolutely nowhere and gives them a shit fright. But uh, the most unpredictable golfer this week for me with Spieth <laughs> hey he got into the top eight and won me money so and he Spieth was did a great job in contention I mean at, at times I thought fucking hell well, I think be. I think his problem was he was so far back that like it's uh, like a Marco like anything was it but mm, it was more that what John Ram was speaking about when it came went after the competition and he did his post-match interview in his jacket they were aware that Spieth and Mickelson, because they went out together, were just having a birdie fest. Yeah. But as they were finish off their rounds, Brooksy and Ram were coming on the 10. So they were aware of what happened. They're aware that they hadn't caught them. Ram's obviously overtaken Brooksy, so he's leading and in control. And then he's like, well, if I get through him in corner level par, I'm onto the same holes that these guys picked up shots on. So I don't think he was ever really scared of it. No. But yeah, so... Obviously the start of the round, Kepka, 11 under, Ram was 9 under. Yep. Um, I mean, Kepka didn't really do too much wrong. I mean, he was, he was picking up parts, which isn't ideal. His, his biggest problem was his driver went on him because he's a fader of the ball like Ram and all of a sudden he just started having the pulls. He pulled it left. The he pulled it left Even on the first, from the yeah. first he went left. So he, he got the pulls and it started to even creep into his irons and the putter was just frozen. So, yeah, I mean, Ram bodies the third. The third, the part four. Yep. They look quite easy to be fair and then obviously he part the, uh, the part the fourth as well. And at that point, well, it was only one shot between them at that point, was there? At that there? point, yeah. Yeah, because he made the bird, obviously. Yeah, because Brooksy was just making pars, wasn't he? So he, he was having issues with his long game, but he was still making pars. Yeah, but the par three, Sixth. 220 yards. This is what you're talking about. Well, we just watched previously Victor Hovland make double bogey there yeah. from going long. And then failing to get a decent chip onto the green and then three stabbing it yeah he went short of the green side bunker and he was well out he got, got out well but just a downhill part pop man the pace was way off yeah that was way off and then I, I don't think Ram actually played the sixth well all week because in the first round the pin was near that top area again mm. he hit onto the top tier but then spun it off and all the way down the front again and all you could hear was him shouting at the ball and then he dropped the almighty F-bomb yeah. and then we got the obligatory fucking apologies from the are we really offended by swear words on the golf course now I think the only one that you can't say 
is see you next Tuesday. My favourite word. Yeah, yeah, your most used punct- punctuation. I, I, I can understand. Like, don't get me wrong, I use it as well. But fuck shit, bastard, ginger prick. That's my one for myself, by the way, guys. <laughs> Are we really as amateur golfers now? Is the majority of golf being amateur golfers and, and working man golfers? Are we really offended when they drop an F-bomb? I'm not. I certainly no. don't care. I, I prefer to hear him say it because it's like, <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. It's real, is it? Exactly. Yeah. So, it's not part of the script. I, I hate them having to apologise yeah. for it, but that's the world we live in. So you're a bit holding the part the the sixth hole. Yeah. Double bogey in it. Um, his tee shot was way long. <laughs> the he, chip was short. It was just adrenaline, eh? Yeah, it was, it was a battle for him. Um, and then Ram and Brooksy get to it Ram comes up short again yeah. doesn't make the top tier and watches it spin off and then Brooksy does a Hovland yeah and he sends the ball way past that chip hole. coming back onto the fucking green I thought he was degreen. I genuinely thought yeah. he was about to go back to where Ram was yeah somehow from must be a bit of moisture still in the greens it clung on for dear life he sent it about six seven feet past and then Ram chips to about five feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Well, Ram came on first, didn't he? Because he was longer, so he chipped yeah. it up to five foot. And then you watch Brooksy, and he just knocked it past by about. Well, it was almost about ten feet. And then he failed to make the, the par part. There's a few more rolls of the ball, man. He was gone. He was way gone, man. Mm. Um, made bogey, back to nine under. Ram made par. Um, takes the lead, go to the seventh, par four. Now, in this time of the coverage, we see the young rookie, well, was a rookie, who got up a part of an episode on Full Swing, Seath Thagawa. Yep. His shot. He outwoodsed Wood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first thing you said to me was, are we watching Tiger Woods again? He's outwoods Wood, because Woods was more stood where... Sorry, this was like the the second time I actually saw Tony Finau on the golf course, <laughs> but it was just to watch him watch yeah. Thagala's yeah. shot. But where Tony and his caddy were stood, that's where Tiger chipped it in from on sixteen. Yeah. So he was a bit longer, and into the crowd. And obviously, even if if you caught his uh, after course interview, you obviously that that was what they wanted to speak to him about. And they mentioned the comparisons to Woods, and he said, yeah, the fans were saying, yeah, do it for Tiger, chip it in like Tiger did, and he's just sitting there going, I just want to get this on the green and t- within 20 feet of the hole. <laughs> like, if I can get it to 20 feet, I'm happy here, guys. Yeah. Just let me hit the shot. And then, of course, he hits it, and by his rights, he said he blacked out, just celebrated, and didn't really know what he did and well, what happened. Short one. So, short. yeah, it was great to see that. It was a, another like, sort of special moment in Augusta, especially for him. Um, but yeah, it was just awesome. It just—you could see the ball roll into the hole, and you're thinking, "No, this wait. is definitely going no in. This way. is great." <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, again, he—the wife finished. was incredibly happy there because she had him. In, uh, well. She had him inside twelve places, bet. So she won. She took about. I think she put thirty quid of bets on this week, as same as I did. She took fifty-five odd pound back off of. Ram and Thagala. 
Right, so you keep mentioning the money that you and your wife made back. I made 112. Yeah. I mean, I think I put on about £30 a month as well. And I made back fucking zero. Same as Rory. Same as Rory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I made nothing back, man. And the, the more you mention these players about winning money back, it's starting to... Your best, your best odds was Brooks, wasn't it? Because you had Brooks that you went outright. Well, 40 to 1 to put a fiver on. Uh, it was due to get back 205. And up until Saturday, the cash out was 120 quid. <laughs> You're not going to cash out. You had a four-shot lead. Yeah. Well, no, sorry, you had a two-shot lead over Ram after day three. But <laughs> but after Saturday, he was he was looking solid. Uh, Jason Day, who... He was going all right until yeah. the last sort of... It wasn't even 36 holes. It was just like the last 27 holes. He did not have a good Sunday. No. He was eight over for his day gone from three under to five over yeah so too many double bogeys on the cards for him but it's one of those things what he was in that group of players if if he had any sort of shot or wanted to get a higher finish as possible he had to play as aggressive as he could and that always brings in the chances of failures but, good to see him back on it oh yeah good to yeah see no him good to see him playing well again yeah so eighth hole part five Ram finds a fairway. This, this, this for me was the turning point. You did this that, is yeah. where yeah. Ram, I think he may have even slightly mentioned it as it was sort of like a momentum turning point, but this was where he took hold of the competition for me. Splits the fairway. Splits the fairway, but it wasn't the longest fairway because it was yeah. only like 275, 280 off the tee, which is not big for these boys, but it was, if you put it in relation to the fact that the tee is all uphill, yeah. then yeah, okay. But he had 300 yards with his second shot to the green and he was about 20 30 yards short but that third chip that was a stone wall that was just a tap it in with your foot yeah. birdie Brooks though and that's you where mentioned he, that I was driving he pulled the left into the fucking forest yeah again he got out well where coincidentally was that not where Ram went last year when he on the 8th he topped his three wood or whatever it was and went left into the almost into the bushes and that yeah. eradicated his chances so from previous year no longer being in contention for the competition on the 8th to taking hold of it was a nice little mirrored difference for Ram but yeah Brooksy went left because he was still struggling with the lefts at that point like you say and then punched the living shit out of a, <laughs> of a nine that was a good out. shot that was a very yeah. good shot yeah. I mean, at that point, I measured you saying, this, he's coming undone now, eh? Yeah, it was... It did kind of look that Brooksy's round at that point became damage limitation. Yeah. Stay as close to the top of the leaderboard as possible. I think a shout-out needs to be made that a lot of it... And, and Brooksy's always called it out and did call it out after his round. And he's always kind of struggled with it. And that slow play... And unfortunately, Ram and Brooksy had to wait on almost every tee shot because of Patrick Cantley. The season armature, right? One of the pet peeves for me is slow play. We don't, we don't, we go out for a knock. We go out for a kind of sweepy or a club comp. We're not playing for the Masters. We're not playing these big PGA Tour events. Slow play fucking winds me up. Something stupid. There's no need for it. Half the time, if you get up to 
just behind but a four ball I guarantee you the mentality is going to be I'll go one pace thank you they will intentionally slow down that could be set apart can't we that was ridiculous it's just his shot routine he's he's so set in his ways of how his pre-shot routine should be and he will not speed it up for anyone and obviously he's a successful golfer he's won competitions it's obviously worked for him one number five is he yeah but for me he's slowly falling into the same bracket as Keegan Bradley your (laughs) favourite I fucking hate slow play slow play I'm fully in Brooks's like corner on this one I hate it yeah. And it was fucking irritating to sit and watch camera footage of Brooks and Ram stood by their bags waiting for greens to clear, shots to clear. And I think that might have even had an effect on Hovland because he was playing with Cantley. And he had such an up and down round on yeah. Sunday that he was going into it thinking, I'm two shots, I'm a, what was he, eight under. So he was a shot behind Ram starting and three shots behind Kepka. Yeah. He's in with a shot here. He's yeah. in contention. And he had to deal with that twat. Yeah. I mean, Brooks has mentioned it before in the past as well regarding slow play in regard to DeChambeau. Keegan, DeChambeau. Yeah. Reed can be torturous at times. But currently, mate, I don't. I mean, you say it's pretty short routine, fair enough, but there's got to be a limit, yeah? I think he had a fucking grey beard by the time he finished his round of golf. It's not for the covers from Sky Sports as well. We didn't see a great deal of Cantley. No. Because well, he was, he was, you saw the odd birdie and then you saw a bogey and then that was... Yeah, bloody bogey, bloody bogey, yeah. That was yeah, how he was not his home, but yeah. But, yeah, they didn't focus on him long enough to really show his pre-shot routine, but he can be, f- especially on the greens, he can be really, really tiresomely slow. Yeah. Scary. I mean, on that whole, Ram made the body... Brooks, Brooks saved par, but you saved par, yeah. Uh, but it was too behind at that point. But that was kind of what that was the the tale of his story at that point. He was, he was just saving pars, and then they get to a main corner. Yeah. <sighs> um, I, I said to you, he's coming undone. I kind of seen the writing on the wall from that point, but you can't uh, fault wrong for not over thinking and not over celebrating or just he just kept his mind focused yeah he knew he had to stay present he had to stay like you say focused on what he was trying to achieve he again he said it in his post-match round once he got the green jacket on he he couldn't go into that day thinking brooks he was going to play as poorly as he did he just you you cannot think that especially a, a brooks at a major yeah. when he's said he's fit he's healthy and he's playing well and he's enjoying his golf again so he knew he had to chase him down but he had to do it smartly and he did and obviously they both made birdies on two is that right no no neither of them made twos on two no yeah Ram's first birdie was on three yeah and Brooks at that point had just gone three pars so He'd picked up one, he was one behind. So you're thinking, right, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm close. And just keep doing what you're doing. And then just when the opportunity arises, just make sure you're, you're ready to take it. And that's exactly what he did. And it was round the eighth that that sort of yeah. took hold. They went down nine. He got lucky on his tee shot on nine. <laughs> we'll say that. He got lucky on his tee shot on nine. Yeah. 
um, but took full advantage of it. Although, spun it off the green. No, he hit a great tee shot down nine. It was later on that he got lucky with his tee shot. Sorry, it was I think it was fourteen. Um, so yeah, nine, good tee shot, but then spins it off the green. Lucky not to go all the way down the bottom that that can do on nine. Yeah. He stayed close yeah. to the top. Wasn't far away from chipping it in, but then hold the par putt. Again, That's the only theme, though, was it? Ten. Too further. Yeah, like I say, the, the big the big stick kept him in play for the majority of the, the round. Like I say, at two he got lucky with the the lie and the line that he had off the tee shot. It was the one that he sort of slightly double crossed himself and held it out too far out to the right than he mm. wanted to. But then. You get down 10, he was pretty down. The, like, we spoke about him introducing that draw and seriously working at the draw, and he took the three wood and drew it around the corner perfectly, catches the slope, gets as far down as he can, hits the middle of the green, two-part par walk off. So he, there were a lot of people that would question him as a fader of the ball, and especially with his limitations from his swing, like having a club foot at birth, he can't really rotate as much as folk at normal other f- players can do so they were like why are you trying to bring in a draw that could cause you more problems because you've got to try and change body movements And but he's done it with he's done it cleverly by doing a positional change he puts the ball so far forward yeah. than normal and he tees it up higher yeah, so, it's getting, higher yeah. so it gets hit after it's usual impact zone so the club face is already turning so he's, cl- he's showing it a closed face which obviously promotes a draw and he's got the height so he doesn't neck it and it becomes a duck hook so he's obviously worked hard at it and it, mm-hmm. it worked dividends at 10 later on at 13 it was an absolute monster with the driver but yeah so 10 he makes par comfortably 11 again makes a very good par played quite safe to the middle of the green didn't want to go near that water Brooksy was a little bit closer than it Jesus Christ no. I was a bit panicky when I saw the shot tracer of that I was like shit that's fucking close I thought he'd done a spieth yeah and then we well, saying that I mean when they came off 10 obviously um, spieth obviously finished at that point yeah um, he he picked up nine bodies mm-hmm. on the Sunday He's he's proven he can do that on that golf course time and time again. But he can also take a, a triple bogey at twelve. We got two two bogeys in the front nine. Yeah, um, it's two slow mistakes. Which Jordan is more than capable of fucking making and all that. Yeah, um, but I put him to three behind the lead at that point. Eight under, and he was joined there. I think we do like we're talking about Spieth and how he's done well there in previous competitions and how well he played on Sunday. We do need to make a big shout out to Phil. Mickelson roll back the years and it came kind of from nowhere because he's not been doing much on live no. like he's not been no. playing well he's had he's keeping foot though have you seen he, him he, Jesus he, Christ man he, he looks it, well at times I think he looks ill we're used to seeing that kind he of looks frumpy, a, he, he, yeah, you know but I mean? he looks a bit almost gaunt in the face at times so it's like coffee mate <laughs> but he by God did he turned out back the years at Augusta this week he was he was awesome yeah. some of his play was fantastic and then obviously Sunday's round was just brilliant to watch he was shooting 65 on a Sunday yep um, um, he on. called it himself he said that he thought there was going to be fireworks from him on the week, coming in at the weekend obviously Saturday put Trump to any of that because yeah. the weather won out he finished off his round three 
bit sort of averagely, and then round four he just went birdie hunting, um, and he was brilliant. And the finishes with the birdie on eighteen as well was great to see. So, no, I was really happy to see Phil play well. He looked. I think it was the first time he spoke to people after the round on eighteen because he sort of he rejected his broad uh, his interviews at the start of the week. Mm. Um, so it was good to actually hear from him as well. I just hope he's doing well. Like I think he's had a couple of issues off course, but that's me. that's that's speculation. And yeah. these stories always follow these guys. But no, I think a, a big shout out needs to to be given to Phil for what he what he did on Sunday. So, so yeah, in the twelfth hole, <laughs> possibly. Ram played it like Jack and Tiger. Oh yeah, and Brooks played like fucking me. Um, <laughs> no, you would have made the water. <laughs> yeah. Well, the tee shot was pulled left. Yeah, which always said. goes further, so that's why he overshot it. But the uh, not quite like uh, Scotty Scheffler long, no, but it was long. Uh, we'll come on to Scotty in a minute, actually. But yeah, his tee shot pulled the left, and uh, the angle he left himself was a bit scary. Um, yeah. So you just you knocked it basically just left hand. That landing zone was just bumper. tight, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, my first thought was, I think the commentator said it as well, "Where's he going to put his feet? <laughs> Where's he going to stand?" Um, he, he oh no, that was at thirteen. 13. You thinking at the back of the bunker on that big slope? Yeah, on the, on the path he took. No, that was on 13. He, uh, it was his second shot. He went long there. 12, he did go long, but he was left and he failed. He left his chip short and then two stabbed for another bogey. This was where he started making bogeys. It was 13 on his second shot that he was, he pulled it left and it ended up like it thought it was going to go in the bunker and the commentators thought, and rightly so from the angle, that it looked like he was going to have to stand on his tiptoes on the edge or in his heels and the bunker the and chip the down. Chip. Yes. Yeah, well, okay, pause. I'm going to hit myself. Hey, you're tired <laughs> and it was a lot to take in. <laughs> I'll give you a wee bit of a reprieve there. Yeah, the, the 12th was the chip, the bad chip, and then the 13th of the part five was yeah. the horrible eye. Yeah, right, Yeah. okay. So 12, we'll 12, yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you I picked Ram? Oh, <laughs> I'm going to kick you when you're down. Uh, yeah, so Ram Ram played the whole, like, Jack and Tiger have always said, go left of the bunker, you take your chances with a big putt, or you just walk off with a comfortable par. Because on on Sunday, par on the 12th is an absolute must. If you can pick up birdie there, you, you've picked up a shot on the field, definitely. Yo, but judge, you take, for the, biggest you the, take game, yeah. the par yeah. every day. That was a good shot again. Yeah. yeah, so and then we got to thirteen where he hit that slinging draw round, carried it three hundred yards, left himself a hundred and ninety four yards or hundred and ninety eight yards into the green, so it was just a six iron for Ram. Brooksy went with his sort of tried to soar off his fade and hit more of a straight tee shot, succeeded. But he went high, which meant he had a bit of a longer shot in. And then they both went left. Ra- Brooksy had that horrendous position that you had, even like the fact he could stand beside yeah. the ball to hit the shot. It was still very, very steep, that angle. And he executed the shot well. Yeah. It came yeah. out a bit hotter than I think he thought. And at one point, we were all calling for the ball to slow down. And thankfully, it did. I he the pot, though, which wasn't... Was a bit of a surprise yeah. regarding how the pot was going that day. But he well, he just pot, dropped... Yeah bogeys back to back was it at 11 and 12 I can't remember I think it was 12 he definitely bogey 12 we know that yep. but so 
But he'd probably love them as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to back bogeys. This was where he, like you said, you thought about eight. The the wheels were coming off off the off the car, but by eleven and twelve, he was sort of you're thinking, shit, how far down is he actually going to end up here? But then thirteen, a very good birdie there in terms of the putt, which was unusual because the putter had gone stone cold on him. Ram went in the back bunker, chipped it out well, hold his birdie putt. And then 14, Brooksy went so... F- well, he didn't go so far right, but he went right and ended up in the trees. And it was the kick off the fairway as well, the nail marks, fourth them. And then Ram was just off the fairway, but in the right. But they both had a tree in their road. They couldn't go straight at the the, the green at the flag. Yeah, Brooksy had the, t- the toughest shot. I mean, Ram still had a tree in front of him. Yeah. To the right, it's still quite a daunting sort of prospect, but yeah, Brooks had the worst of the, the two, and <sighs> Brooksy just punched one. He punched the right. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good shot. But again, if there were two sort of players that you want there that you think they need a shit ton of upper body muscle strength to punch a ball out of there, it was those two boys. But Ram had enough room that he could take loft, and as you heard him speaking with his caddy, just aim for the left edge of the green, yeah. hit a over manufactured fade and then let the course do because the course obviously uh, where the flag is on 14 if you hit the right point it helps the ball go further to the hole anyway and he stiffs it to two feet yeah it was and that that for me was the shot that i went that's it he's got yeah, the green I started, jacket uh, creating the thumbnail for the podcast at that point yeah. <laughs> I, I was my phone had died at this point so you and yeah, i could yeah. no longer talk yeah we we drained the battery out of my like, phone but midnight or something was that <laughs> <laughs> Go to your fucking bed. No, nah, I think it was about half eleven ish, but yeah. yeah. So he hits that shot, stiffs it to two feet, and I was like, that's it. He only just hold the putt though, because it was slinging away from it. Not unlike the one uh, 17 that was trying to miss as well, the yeah. par putt. But yeah, so he makes his birdie at 14. Brooks, did Brooks make bogey there as well? Or did... Yeah, at that point, it was plus four for the round. Yeah. Which. Yeah, it's game over at that point. I mean, I yeah, and they come down fifteen. He hits another miraculous golf shot straight in the on the right side of the fairway as you want it to be with that big hanging bastard trees on the left. Yeah, Brooks he went left and had to and successfully slung an iron right round it and hit the green. It was a great second shot there for him, and he made birdie. Ram laid up, which was a smart play because he didn't need to chase it, didn't need to take on that water. Controlled his third shot into the green. Eighty yard, eighty yard chip was always needed, and he fucking executed it perfectly. Yeah. yeah, left it below the hole as well, so he had an uphill putt, but then under hit it, and it just went past. But tapping par, which again at that point he's got a four shot lead, he doesn't need to be chasing things, so he does exactly what he needed to do. They get to sixteen, both hit the green. Brooks, Brooks he made a great putt. Yeah, to yeah. go birdie birdie there and get back to nine under, it was like, okay, well if uh, Ram makes a wee bit of an error here, we could have. A, a tight finish, but maybe two short swings, maybe on the cards. But well, it was yeah. If, if Brooksy could have birdied seventeen and yeah. maybe Ram bogeys it, you're thinking, oh, this is going to be tense down the last. But wasn't to be. Yeah. Seventeen played out as seventeen does. Although Brooksy, what a tee shot left again through into the crowd, and again another monster punch yeah. under the trees. And then gets, but he went through oh, into the crowd at the back of the green. Yeah, left himself yeah. the perfect place. If you and then, miss, and you then he makes bogey there, doesn't he? Yeah. And then you're going down the last, 
and thank fuck there wasn't too much on it other than the pressure of just finishing off your round to win the Masters because that was a terrible tee shot from Yeah, because I... Well, I don't know where left. it came from. It went left. He healed it. It went so yeah. far left, hit the tree and came back to them. Yeah, but they thought... Is that, is well, that they, because it's such a dip, yeah. they couldn't see it come back out. They couldn't see the signal from the official to say that the, the ball was back in play. So he tees it up. And you can see the crowd starting to walk away, like they're trying to get into the next position for the next shot. And Ram's teeing it up, and the commentators are like, "Does he not know? Is it? Have we seen not seen what we have actually seen? Is it a lost ball? What's going on?" Yeah, because that's the first I've heard about a professional ball being used. Yeah, and, and a major. Yeah, and then they took great pride in making sure that they wrote "provisional" under his name <laughs> in the top right-hand corner as well. Yeah. Provisional ball, um, and then he did the thing that we as amateurs can relate to. Why didn't I do that the first fucking time? Rips one right down there. But then makes, as he put it in his words, a very Seve-like par coming down the last. I mean, the professional shot you had as well was a fucking peach. <laughs> I was, but... <laughs> Spot the fairway, man, you know what I mean? But the getting it up to, what was it, about 70 yards short of the, of the green, mm-hmm. of the flag, and most people thinking there he's going to be chipping this over, go long, bring it back off the slope. Nah, not Ram, I'll just just barely make the green and then stiff it to four or five feet short enough and hold hold that must have been (sighs) you could see like he said it himself once he heard the crowd cheer Mm. because it got close that was the first time he allowed himself to sort of let go of the emotions for a brief period of time do you know what I've done it there was a fist pump the hat off there was the smiles with his caddy and a little bit of a knuckle pump a lot of balls waiting for him next to his wife and that as well it was nice to see that that was the bit that it got like I didn't get emotional. I got more emotional at Garcia's than I did Rams. Yeah. I was just as, as a yeah. as a self proclaimed Ram fan. I was just very, very, very happy to watch him win his second major and it to be the Masters. Just you see him finish off. The family comes straight on. His wife, his eldest kid, Kepa, and then the younger one joined them there after hugs with the parents and then the embrace with the lather bell, speaking in Spanish talking clearly about Seve and yeah, he was asked what he said to him he was like, I can't remember he remembers he's just not letting anyone know that goes back to what Faldo and Norman did in that round when thought the bosses get you then well when Rado ended up coming back from was it a five shot difference or something like that to beat Norman and embraced him on the 18th and they had their little quiet word and even Norman says it meant a lot to him what he said but neither of them were going to reveal what was said you that's for them. That's exactly what it should be. And it was the same between Elazabel and Ram. Yeah. But like he said, I like what he said. He said, if you'd given us 10 seconds more, we both would have been in tears. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Brooks, gracious in defeat. Mm-hmm. Was good by Ram. Yeah, he uh, definitely was. He, uh, he he handled that moment well. He could have gone quite negative and, and point out the, the Cantley debacle with slow play and shit like that. But he didn't, he didn't stay there to make excuses. He knows what he did wrong. He, he knows himself what went wrong that day. Yeah. yeah. He didn't perform. And Ram... And for anyone who wants to say because he's a live player and it was his fourth round of the week and that was why he didn't go, fuck you. Yeah. From me as well, fuck you. Yeah. Three of the top five were all from live. Yeah. So, live... The overall review there is that it's a, it was a far more muted disagreement it seems to be between the players of this going to live and or staying on the PGA tour 
was one or two players have been outspoken about it, but not really too much from the the live side of things. It's been very media and chairman driven by the PGA Tour. I mean, I, I did want. I mean, I said to you in the previous episode, I think the best performer from live will be Brooks. You did. I said DJ, and yeah. you you were right, and I was completely I, fucking wrong on that one. DJ well, had a nightmare. DJ can be like that. What's the thing? DJ yeah. is still one of the best players in the world. But Cam was week, a bit. Comes up. If down. you watch Cam's momentum coming into the Masters, it wasn't underwhelming. But when you know the player that Cam can be, it was an underwhelming performance for him. This whole argument between with PGA Tour, European Tour, who are. It's really, it's really just needs to be put into a boxing ring. Jay Monahan against Greg Norman. Just have at it, and just you two do what you want to do. Three rounds. Three rounds. Are you trying to advantage the live guys? You trying to advantage Greg Norman there with it being three rounds? One slide. Well played. Well played. It's fast for me. I'll give him myself a credit there. I'm just thinking the violence like Norman. I well played. No, it's a piss take, man. I mean, the whole thing for me, basically, the minute as well, is the whole. All the shite with the world ranking points. Like you said, three of the top four were live players. Yep. These guys are still the elite. Two of them past ca- past champions. One of them stood a very good chance of becoming a champion, but yeah. obviously just didn't have his A game coming into the fourth round. It needs to change, man. It's getting out of hand. These guys deserve their points. They deserve the chance to go and compete at these majors yeah. and all the rest of it. I think the majority of those that were there from live as well made the cut. Mita, yeah, Mita mean, Pereira, Joaquin Neiman, Cameron Smith, Patrick Reed, Mickelson, DJ. DJ, Brooks. All these guys from Love made the cut. PGA Tour players made the cut. They uh, didn't make the cut, sorry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Shane and Light himself, Rory. Yep. Justin Thomas didn't make the cut. Nope. Tiger obviously made just it. made the cut. But he's, he's exemption from this. To yeah, be honest yeah, yeah. But yeah, you, they need to get a good hard look at this and think right you've had your fucking year of causing problems just go on with the golf yep it's, it's time now eh? it's more it's more viewing for the for the amateur for the avid golf viewer to sit and and take in more golf that's yeah. the way it should be now I watched Orlando well, you I did, did. Yeah. I loved it yeah. I thought it was great I loved it the commentary is, is vastly improved from what it was at the Fairty. start. Verity is a, yeah. a big part of that. But the coverage itself, the, the leaderboard on the side is... Doesn't have any problem with that. I think it's great. The Doesn't fact that it flicks between either. single player to team and you you keep a good eye on what's going on. Well, I found myself invested in the team event, sort of winning. I was like, oh, holy shit, this is getting close now. And you've seen the Aces take the point there. And then obviously... And Toke. Uh, and, and then, and then uh, who was... Yeah, aces came up from behind. They gave it a good go at the end there. Smash, obviously. The Smash. But then, obviously, talking I myself to like, oh, wow, this is quite... Yeah. yeah. The appeal is there. I like yeah, it. I think a lot of people need to have a, just watch maybe one day. The thing was, I think Orlando was... If if you didn't watch Orlando, Orlando was a good one to watch because it, it did have that closeness within the team event as well as the individual yeah. event. Close to the Masters and that as well. And suppose, it yeah. being so close to the Masters yeah. it obviously showed that Brooks's form was great going into it and that but it kind of had the right it had all the right ingredients to showcase Liv for what Liv could be and what they I think they that's what they want their product to be. Yeah. The team event thing really it excelled at that week 
other weeks it maybe doesn't because it's just a write-off if three of the of the team are up the top three then they're going to be blistering the team event from everywhere else but no i like we've said previously when we spoke about live i think they want this team idea to be not the main focus but it's a, a really big part of it but they want you to invest in the team the fact that they're all wearing the same uniform that you can buy the merch now it's that that premier league style event or idea they want you to really buy into the team and the team will chop and change players won't always be there mm. so I, I for me i've i've enjoyed it when i've watched it i think yeah. it's been good i thought it was a good play and sort of <clears throat> for tournament golf anyway it got me kind of even more excited for the masters coming mm-hmm. up to be fair because i didn't watch any of the pga tour if little didn't watch any of it nope i um, will i will agree with what a lot of people are saying you me we've sort of agreed on this my father made the point but even further afield those we've got who have got a lot more sway in what people listen to and, and advice that they take or influence peter finch making it as well every time greg norman opens his mouth he's just coming out as more of a tool and if he really believes in what this live idea stands for him and what it could be and what he wants it to be the best decision he could actually do is step away from it or be more of a behind the scenes silent job role and have someone else as a more figurehead because the him coming out and saying oh if a live guy wins it every live player is going to be on the 18th group and congratulate him that might have been the case that might have been something that the players had spoken about doing or it might have just ma- uh, not magically happened but materialized naturally mm. organically don't fucking say it before the competition's even kicked off. You're just putting some. You're just painting a target for those who don't like Liv to to dislike it more. Everything he does is very antagonising. So yeah. if he just shut up or backed off, yeah, walked I was away, I think more. Liv would excel faster. I was expecting more from him this week throughout the tournament. They made that comment on the Sunday. I don't After think many one. people in media-based areas were coming near him to talk to him that week. There was no one near the fucking course anyway, was he? Well, he was never going to get allowed in, was he? Because, no. like they've said before, and the Masters came out, and I think he may have made a comment saying he wasn't going to be there because he hadn't been invited. But he'd been invited up to ten times before that, and he'd only gotten back to them twice to say no. Why the fuck are you going to keep inviting a guy that's got no ind- no inclination of wanting to go and be a part of it? So, why would the Masters invite you? So again, it's just that idea that I think I think I said in the episode one, the guy's a prick in my opinion, all the rest of them. It was probably a bit harsh. But you still I thought mean, he won the Masters last week, I, didn't I, you? Thank you for that. <laughs> I wasn't tired last week, but I did, I, did I tell you I picked Ram? Yeah. Right, so, folks. I think I've dragged as much out of this as yeah. I can with, with yeah, our anyway, good friend Gareth here. What a week! What a tournament! John Ram obviously joined the likes of Lazabal. Cedric Garcia and the great man himself, Sevi Ballesteros. Happy birthday for yesterday, Sevi. What a yeah. way for Ram to win. Um, dedicated to all the Sevi, of course. Seems to be that the Spaniards only like to win when it's got some Easter sort of prevalence well. to him. <laughs> yeah. Being his 40th anniversary since he won his second jacket, his birthday as well. Garcia was a birthday as well. So, yeah. And that's Spain, now the second most successful country at the Masters. They've now got four winners. They were tied with South Africa at three. So they've now 
obviously no one will catch the Americans they've got 39 individual <laughs> winners and multiple winners within that yeah. but yeah. no nah, it's good from a European point of view for Spain itself John Ram especially but yeah, yeah. Nah, it, was, yeah. It, was a, it was a fantastic tournament it had obviously a lot of ups and downs with the weather um, again kudos to the to the team the greenkeepers the committee for decision making and execution that they did you don't. You always expect it, though. That's the thing. It, we we should applaud it, but it, it's always expected that they'll do the the magical, miraculous there at Augusta. All the effort goes into it. I mean, you can see that. I mean, the coverage from Sky Sports was fantastic. It was brilliant, as always. I mean, the Masters app, probably the best sporting app you yep. can download on your phone. It's time to get deleted now until next year. Until though. next year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take away that 1.5 gig that he uses all the time. Um, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> Loved it, mate. Um, I don't see us getting this excited, excited about a major until the Open, to be fair. No, I like watching the US Open just because I like the, the severe, harsh test that it yeah. causes the players with them needing to make fairways. If they don't, they get punished. The PGA, sorry Gary Player, but it's the fourth best major. And then yeah, the open. So looking forward to all the majors, but especially the next yeah. one will be that I'll get this excited for will be the open. Yeah, that's what I'm on. I mean just what a week. I'm absolutely knackered. I've got to go to work. <laughs> You're off for the day. Bank holiday Monday, yeah, yeah for yeah. you. So, but you've got the kids. Back to the green tomorrow, mate. But, but yeah. Um looking out our window right now, that's the rain just started. Whoop de doo. Oh fuck that'll be dozy. Right, so thank you again for listening. Thank you again for keeping with us, um, keeping the numbers going up for downloads and listeners everywhere and hitting more parts of the UK, more parts of the world. It's just crazy, man. But we thank you all. Um, and we thank you everybody that's keeping on top of social media, uh, regarding following, interacting with us as well. But we'll again, we'll uh, see you next week where we might have a few more funny stories as I'm playing golf for the first time about since... a year? Yep, well, August <laughs> for the first time. I'll be my second round yep. of me, the year. Me and Gareth so are going to go and play at our broth. We might even have Stealth 2 Steve, Stealth to Steve. with us, but we are certainly going to get out and play golf next Sunday and then come in and do a recording. So there might be a fair few funny stories, probably a lot of shanks, tops, swears, three putts. All that good stuff that we as amateurs know and love. And without further ado, we will see you next week.